Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. You guys are the best. <laughs> I love you too. You're the best. Hi. Good to see you. Jeremy and Tiff and your family. Hey, hey, welcome. Welcome. We love you. We really do. Man, what a day. It's all here. All right. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We put all our hope and our faith in you. We really can't do anything without you. And we really absolutely cannot uh, exist or live or achieve or push the kingdom forward or win without the Holy Spirit. And so we are thankful for the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. We're going through an entire series of what we believe. I think it's, oh, no, what is truth? What is truth? Which is what we believe. We believe the truth. Um, These can send me into teaching mode, which a lot of people really enjoy. And teaching is fantastic. I want to teach. Uh, I also want to pastor. And I want to bring a word of hope through what we teach and what we believe. And what we believe, the truth of what we believe, should uh, deeply impact our lives because it's agreement with the reality that God has created here for us. And when we agree with what God has done and what God has created and the way he does things, show me your ways, O Lord, and we, and we agree with them, good things happen. And so I want to speak particularly to people as we teach on these truths. I want to speak to people that are wrestling with fear, weakness, um, whose hearts have been shaken. And I, I would really love for particularly those people that are wrestling with fear and challenges in their life to pay attention today. And for those of you that are not, please pay attention because at some point you may experience fear in your life. You may. I'm not saying you will. I'm just saying... Odds are better than, better than none. Here are the statements that we want to talk about today. We want to talk about what we believe in the person and work of the Holy Spirit with his fruits and gifts available to the church. And we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a gift, a gift available to believers, subsequent to the new birth, meaning after you've been saved, after you've asked Jesus into your heart, with the normal evidence of speaking in other tongues. Okay. These are what we're going to touch on today. These are important. And we find that we need to go back to the foundations and the basics of things because everything's been shaken. And we need to go back to what we know and what's important. We need those solid things that we can stand on that don't shake. Everything can shake All at once, no problem. These things don't. And that's where we we take our stand there. Okay. I find most 
of what can be explained through those statements in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 contains so much in according with what I just said there in those statements. And I want to touch on them. Okay. Paul, an apostle, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he's talking to the church of Corinth because he needs to address some things. The church in Corinth loved rock star preachers. They loved them. Loved them. They wanted people that could speak well, and they wanted to talk about deep secret truths. And Paul comes in in wild contrast to this. The one who wrote a lot of the New Testament comes in radically different to these other people. How does he come in? Starting at chapter 2, verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I know nothing among you. I have no other topics except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Right away, he's agreeing with the main focus of the Holy Spirit. In the person and work of the Holy Spirit, The work of the Holy Spirit is to point to Christ. He points others to Christ. If you see the Holy Spirit as uh, as his work, it would be a spotlight. When you see a spotlight, if you've ever been to, you guys were at a rock concert, you've been to a rock concert, you see a spotlight, you'll never actually see the spotlight. You see the light of the spotlight. You see what the light is shining on. You see the effects of the spotlight. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He makes manifest the the knowledge and and the relationship with Christ. He is a person. He is not the force. (laughs) Between the tree and the rock, it it pervades everywhere. It is not that. It is not that. That's my Yoda. That was the worst Yoda ever. That was awful. Oh, sorry. He is not a force. He is not, um, yeah, he's just not a force. He is a person. He is a person with a personality. He can be grieved. You can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. It says in Ephesians 4, 30 to 32, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. These choke the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. I have, I have authority. Ooh. I have authority? I don't have authority of the Holy Spirit. I have authority over his effect on my life. A little scary. I can stop the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I I would say this is one of our our fantastic roles as as pastors and as as, uh, connect group leaders, uh, professional coffee drinkers that take other people out for coffee and talk with them and listen about things, (laughs) is this role of drawing out of people, what are you wrestling with? I'm I'm having a hard time forgiving somebody. 
Okay, let's walk through that because, man, you need the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And this is, this is what it, it, it not just, and this is how gracious the Holy Spirit is. He will help you forgive people. He will help you open a door to more of his work in your life. He is awesome. He is good. And we need to remember that. The Holy Spirit is not a third-tier player in the Trinity. There is God the Father. There is God the Son. There is God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. How do you figure that, Tim? I, I, I really don't. I really don't. Like, if, if there's math, like there's two and two kind of math, and then there's a the kind of math that figures, like Newton uh, figures out the, the orbits of planets, uh, ellipticals, like, that's another kind of math. And then there's a the kind of math where, like, oh, if I vibrate an atom molecule here, another one on the other side of the universe will vibrate at the same time. What kind of math is that? Like, that's a whole different kind of math. Like, Trinity math. I don't get it. But the Holy Spirit is God. Okay. God in us, right? God lives in us by his Holy Spirit. When we invite Jesus into our heart, he lives in us by his Holy Spirit. Okay, it is such a big deal. Salvation is proposed by the Father. It is accomplished by the Son on the cross. And it is applied by the Holy Spirit in our life. David Garner said that. He convicts us. If you look at John 16, verses 7 to 15, here's what he does. Jesus is talking here in John 16. He's saying, I need to leave. He's talking about after his crucifixion, and he, and he rises to heaven. He says, I, I tell you the truth. It is your, to your advantage that I go away. He, he's been saying, I'm never going to leave or forsake you, but I'm going to go away. Uh, I don't, What? For if I do not go away, the helper, read capital H, helper there, another word for the Holy Spirit, paraclete, helper, will not come to you. If I don't leave, he can't come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine. He will declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is a conveyor of good things. When God says yes, when God says yes, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. He conveys what is God's, what is Christ's. He hands it to us. Okay. I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians 2 here. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. My speech and my message were not with plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So, Tim, when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, like it says it will, in the second part, in the second statement, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I will be powerful. Yes. I'll be fearless? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe sometimes. But we know Paul here, when he spoke, he spoke pared down to the essentials. I'm going to talk about Christ and him crucified. I'm going to do it in weakness. I don't propose to do it, but this is just where he was at at this point. Weakness and in fear and with much trembling. Now, I will look at that. I feel weak. 
I'm fearful. My, my knees are kind of shaking. Obviously, I do not have the Holy Spirit on my life. You might be wrong in saying that. This might be the moment to be courageous. Holy Spirit, give me courage. Mm, I'm not sure if it works that way. Holy Spirit, help me to be courageous. Help me. I'm going to be as courageous as I can. I'm going to step out, knees shaking, trembling, uh, full of even fear. And I'm going to obey you, Holy Spirit. We prayed about that in the, in the huddle this morning. And he responds. He will help you. He helps you. Okay. He says yes to that. He did not even talk with what would be considered wise words. And it, I, I think of this as such a powerful moment, but I'm not sure if it, if it, if it appeared like that from the outside. He, t- he was a shaking, fearful person when he spoke, but he spoke. How many times do you need to, has the Holy Spirit called you to speak and you've waited until the fear left? Please don't. Speak. Speak and do. Follow the Holy Spirit into what he has called you to do. Okay. He's in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power in verse 5, so that your faith might not rest on the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. As the Holy Spirit works in your life to do these things, you will have the same role as the Holy Spirit does. You will point people to Christ. They will see an obvious, uh, obvious that it is not you. They will see obvious this is someone else. And the role of the Holy Spirit will become your role. You will point to Christ. People will not look at you. This is kind of the breakdown of charisma and energy and excitement, which is fantastic. I love it. I worship in the worship time here. The atmosphere is perfect. It is great. It is, this place is built to, con- to make it as easy as possible to worship. Fantastic. But we know that the Holy Spirit is not in the lights. We know the Holy Spirit is not in the smoke machine. No, Holy Spirit is not in the uh, drums, okay? The Holy Spirit is here. If you, if you think, and I'm, I'm going a little bit off base here, but if you look at Elijah, the story of Elijah after he had Mount, that experience on Mount Carmel, and then he is, uh, he kind of has a nervous breakdown after that. And he's off in the wilderness. He's actually led 40 days into the wilderness by angels. They supernaturally feed him. He ends up at a mountain. And on this mountain, um, there, is a, there is a firestorm. And it said the Lord was not in the firestorm. There is a wind, and the Lord is not in the wind. Rocks are shaken and break, and, the God, is, and God is not in the earthquake. And then there is a whisper, and God is in that. And Elijah puts his, his covering over top of his head, and he knows it's a holy place at that point. And he goes out, and he encounters God. And he's commissioned in what to do next. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Recognize the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It may look humbler than what you expected. But there is a power and an inheritance that comes out of it. And this is important for us. Okay. I talked about the work of the Holy Spirit. His work is to convict. His work is to 
show us what stands between us and Christ, and then to lead us to him. John 16. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 5, it says, Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through his spirit. God reveals things to us by his Holy Spirit. Things that we can't even imagine or comprehend. It says, for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person. No one here can with wisdom understand God as much as you might be wise. You cannot understand him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand these things freely given us by God. Everything that Pastor Lauren alluded to here, where God says yes, we apprehend those things by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. This is what's so important. It is the Holy Spirit that does these things. I did not intellectually figure out what God had for me. It was explained to me, unfolded to me. And I said yes to it. And then he turns it around. And we impart this in words, not by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. What we receive by the Holy Spirit can only be conveyed by the Holy Spirit. It can only be heard by the Holy Spirit. If, if you're here today, I, I would dare say that you heard the Holy Spirit. If you ever received Christ into your life, you know what it's like to hear the Holy Spirit because you did that. You invited Jesus into your heart. I, because I figured that out to him? No, no one figured that out. Who would do that? that it was 2,000 years ago. You asked Jesus into your heart because the Holy Spirit showed you that that was what you needed to do if you wanted to be free. You understood Christ and Christ crucified, and you received that truth into your heart. And when you did, the Holy Spirit came in and made his place in you, made his home in you. And he speaks in you, and he imparts to you, and he continues on in that role of relaying what is God's and Christ's and making it yours. The natural person, in verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. I will get the mind of Christ? No. You have the mind of Christ. This, the journey that we are on is to, is to discover and release the mind of Christ in that relay, that, that fellowship that we have with the Holy Spirit, who is constantly taking what is of Christ's and making it ours, speaking to us. And he can, and he will, and he does. And you can hear him. You can. You can. How do you hear him? 
You listen. You listen. When I was... I don't like pulling from stories from too long ago because I think we need to stay current with what the Holy Spirit is doing. But there is something that illustrates it so well. When we, uh, in 2004, in the summer of 2004, when we were deciding to move here, I, uh, I took quiet time wherever I could find it because we had three little girls who were in the house all the time. So I'd actually have my quiet time sometimes. I would hop in the minivan. I would drive down to the mall on a Saturday morning and park in the far corner. And that was my quiet place at that point, because uh, it's quiet. And, and I'm parked there, and the mall parking lot is on the edge of a prairie, prairie field. And I watched the deer walk onto the parking lot. And it was like the Holy Spirit. I just, I didn't hear it, you know, verbal voice. It was just like a sense of just, just watch the deer. Just pay attention. And be quiet. I was like, Okay. And as long as there was no noise, no upheaval, like no, no outward distraction, the, the deer just stood there. And then somebody came just blasting through, pickup truck, and the deer just stops eating, looks up, runs off. I'm like, okay, what was that about? He's like, just, I want you to just be quiet. Just pay attention. Like, okay, I'm just going to be quiet. and give, I'm going to give space. I'm going to give space for the Holy Spirit to speak. And that has been my practice so often, is just to stop and give space for the Holy Spirit to speak. Does he always speak the way you want to or in the time that you want to? No. No, sometimes I'm speaking while I'm still in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. And I discover at the end of the day that the Holy Spirit was there. It's, it's good to reflect and see where was the Holy Spirit today. It's a big deal. Okay. All right person and work of the Holy Spirit, his fruits and gifts available to the church. When Paul can speak to this church who he loves, he loves these people. He may have a couple of words that, of correction for them, but he loves them very much. When he can speak in weakness and fear with much trembling, he speaks because he has the gifts of the Spirit operating in his life. Or sorry, the fruits, pardon me, the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are found in Galatians 5 and 22. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. These are the things that override fear, weakness, and trembling. Do they eliminate it? Um, sometimes. More often, I've experienced them speaking over them. It's like the, the fear is sort of whispering, but the love is talking. Talking over. You ever been talked over by somebody? It's not a good feeling. Fear is talked over by love. Fear is spoken over by love. And so you listen. You exercise these gifts of the Spirit by going out and, and being motivated by love, doing things out of love when you're feeling fear. I do with love while I feel with fear. Okay? I'm sorry I can't remove fear from your life. I can put it in its place. I can put it in its place where it's not with authority that you feel it. You notice it. 
and you act with love. And anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. And this is how we practice the gifts of the Spirit. We do things. We do things out of love that impact other people. We do things with joy. The love of Christ, the joy of Christ, the peace of Christ, the patience of Christ, the kindness of Christ, the goodness of Christ, the faithfulness of Christ, Christ's gentleness, and Christ's self-control. We practice them. Don't, uh, I don't really pray to um, God to give me these things so much. When I was in Bible college, I did that quite often. God, make me patient. <laughs> and a low rumble of experienced Christians goes across the room. Oh, gosh, Tim, what were you thinking? God, make me patient. <laughs> well, it's 10 minutes in the traffic jam getting back into Calgary on the number one because they just changed another lane. And ah, it, okay, all right, exercise, exercise, patience. I put 10 more pounds on the patience bar, Tim. <laughs> Bench that. And you get patience. This is how you get this. Because you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit while you're doing this. Okay. In the person and work of the Holy Spirit, with its fruits and gifts. What are the gifts? Get to the gifts, Tim. Fruit's okay. But that's all going on in here. And not everyone notices that because it's like, it's kind of like the sound guy. When the sound guy's working, <laughs> nobody notices. When, this, when something feedback, poof, that's when you like look at the back. And I used to be a sound guy in, my, in the church that I was in. It, when it's not working, you notice it. But the gifts, the gifts, you see them. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 11. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, capital S Spirit, Holy Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, speaking in tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. These are the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. How do you know you have them? You try. You give it a shot. And maybe you ask other people around you, what have you seen actually operating in my life? Have, have you ever felt like you're in a bit of a sweet spot with some of these things? Like, that was actually easy to do. There was a grace a grace or a power on me to do that thing. I need to, I need to pay attention to that. Ask the people that if, if you are mentored by anyone, you're accountable to anyone, or you have someone that's close in your life that would see the details, ask them about that. Mention to them. I, and mention to them, I see this in you. You know, you gave me that. You, you helped me discern something. You helped me figure this thing out. You gave me that word of encouragement. That was actually quite supernatural when you did that. That was a big deal. That was huge. This is what we do. Okay. In the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a gift. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. It is a yes from God. Jesus says, 
in Acts chapter 1. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit many days from now. It is the promise of the Father to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He promises this. Tim, I got saved. Awesome. Awesome. Yay. We celebrate that. The Holy Spirit dwells in you when you invited Jesus into your heart. The Holy Spirit made his home in you, in you, in you, in you. He is working the fruits of the Holy Spirit, working out that character in your life. The Christ-likeness in your life is being worked in you. The promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a baptism. What, what is a baptism? We're going to do a baptism September 18th. We're going to do it in the Bow River. We will lose no one to the current. Everyone will come out and go home that day. Because everyone that goes in the water goes all the way under. And when the current is strong, you hook the neck. So he doesn't slide out and down the river. You hook the neck. You go down all the way under, all wet. You come back up again. This is baptism. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit is in you, and in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is on you, all over you. You're covered in the Holy Spirit. He is external and with you in that way. He is empowering you. It says, again, let me say it again. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You receive power from the Holy Spirit. Do you you question whether you feel powerful? I do. I do. I ask the Holy Spirit to fill me. Um, Okay. So I I got saved uh, with my grandma, praying with my grandma when I was about 10 years old on the farm. But when I was in youth group, when I was about 15, I was in my youth pastor's, uh, my youth pastor's house praying because you had to go to the prayer meetings if you wanted to go on the mission trip to Calgary from Swift Current. Yeah, there you go. And you had to show up for the prayer meetings. I showed up for the prayer meetings. Very low expectations. Very low I just knew I wanted to go to Calgary. I showed up for the prayer meeting, and I just sat there in the comfiest chair I could find. And uh, I just waited for the prayer meeting to be over. And a few minutes in, uh, the the presence of God fills the room. And I I just feel God's weighty presence. I was aware not of the Holy Spirit, but of the love of God. Uh, To a point where it uh, emotionally shattered me, I started crying quite often after that. And I am just wrecked. Wrecked. All of a sudden, I I, I was terrified to speak in public. All of a sudden, I, I dreamt of it. I dreamt of preaching. I was like, what would I say? I don't know, I'd probably say this, and I'd probably say that. And God gave dreams, and he gave passions and desires. He gave me power. My friends, who I would be with 
during lunch hours playing Dungeons and Dragons, I would, such a nerd, I would, I would, all of a sudden I was like, dude, I, I don't, I got, I got things I got to do, man. I was a Christian club here, and I, do you guys, how are you guys with Jesus? Are you guys, do you know him? I was the most soft-spoken person before that. And at that point, I was so in love with Jesus that I wanted other people to know. I bought the goofiest Christian shirts you could imagine. The 80s and 90s were full of just the worst merch for Christians. You remember the, who here would be old enough to remember the California Raisins? The Claymation? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like basically it's a purple uh, clay raisin with big eyes. It's saying, heard it through your grapevine. And the Christian shirt was, I'm a Jesus praising raisin. It's awful. Awful. You know the Holy Spirit is patient. It's like, I loved him, and look what he did with it. Look what he did. Oh, he's going to smack his forehead in like 40 years when he looks at that. But I was, but my friends would come back to me from the D&D group, and they would go like, yeah, you know what? I know you're like really into Jesus. I just don't know if that would ever work to me, for me. And I was like, let's talk. Can I pray for you right now? And, and you just, you'd see, you see people start to cry. And there is something about the baptism of the Holy Spirit which changes you. It brings out the call of God upon your life. The dreams and visions that God had in mind when he made you begin to manifest and come out. You begin to dream. And you need to actually have courage to dream these things because part of you will be like, no, no, that can't possibly be me. Well, it's not possibly you right now. But it is you with the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit on us. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Again. Again. This is a big deal. The baptism of the Holy Spirit as a gift available to believers subsequent to the new birth. Okay, Tim, so how do, I, how do I get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Okay, well, there's really one, two, two conditions. You have, to, you have to know Jesus. You have to obey the first thing that the Holy Spirit is ever going to talk to you about, which is Christ and him crucified. You need to know that Jesus died for your sin. And you need to invite him into your heart. You need to say, Jesus, I can't live on my own. I've sinned. I broke your heart. And it stands between me and you, the sin. Jesus, forgive me. Put all my sins on the cross. Take them. And pay the price that I can't pay. Take it. Everything up after that is just ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Ask. Ask for the baptism. Do I need to be, do I need to be baptized in water first? No. Um, sometimes it happens before you're baptized in water. Sometimes it happens after you're baptized in water. Sometimes it happens while you're being baptized in water. Okay? Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Peter has had a vision from God to talk to non-Jews about the gospel. At this point in Acts chapter 10, the church was full of only Jews. No Gentiles. They thought this is the fulfillment 
rightly so. This is the fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. We have our Messiah. This is incredible. And then Paul is talking with a group of Romans. He goes into their house, which they're not even supposed to do. You don't, you don't do that. Jews don't go into Romans' houses. They don't eat with them. He does. And he preaches Jesus Christ and him crucified. And it says in Acts 10, verse 43 and 48, he says, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed. All the Jews were like, uh, this kind of blows my theology. This kind of blows my doors. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on even the Gentiles, even those crazy Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God, or praising God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Well, they've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. How do I know? Because they're speaking in tongues. I didn't even tell them about that. I wasn't even talking about that. I was telling them about Jesus. And all of a sudden, these Roman centurions, uh, people in military authority, are like, I agree with Jesus. Tongues. <laughs> it's like, bah, what? And, and it, was, it was, this is when they realized that Gentiles could get saved. They could know Jesus personally, that the Holy Spirit could dwell in them, and they could be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we need to actually catch up with the Holy Spirit now. Let's baptize them. Did they do a catechism? No. They were, you know, preached at by Paul, which is a big deal. But, but no, they, they didn't. There was no pause. They actually went for baptism right away. Right away. This is what happened. I, I shared. I, I had a mom come to me once. And she was very concerned about her son. Her son was in some depression. He had gone through a bad breakup. And she said, could you just take him out for coffee? And I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. I took him out for coffee. I listened to his story. And I just said at that point, you know what, your story, it sounds, it sounds a lot like the prodigal son. You kind of went and did everything you want. And you know what? God's waiting at the gate. If you want to know him, come back. And you can know him. And he's like, I want to know him. I was like, okay, Jesus, just pray this. And I said, Jesus, just come into my heart. Forgive me for my sin. Thank you for loving me. I'm yours. And beautiful. I went home. I, the, the mom came to me the next, the next Sunday at church, and she was actually quite worried. She was worried. And she said, my, I'm, not, I'm not sure what's happening with my son. He's in his room a lot. The door is closed. Um, and he's... he's He's praying in another language. And I was like, well, the family was Chinese. And so I just thought, you know, like, I'm not surprised. And she's like, no, no, no. I don't understand the language he's praying in. And I was a bit floored. And I was like, I think that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I went and talked to him. And I just said, what, what is going on? He's like, I don't know. I, I got, I asked Jesus into my heart. I went home. I, I sat, I knelt by my bed and I just started loving Jesus. And all of a sudden I started praying in, in this language. And I was like, that's, that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's it. 
We're going to wrap this up pretty soon. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is for your edification. It is the Holy Spirit praying through you. It is offensive. I will, this may be a strong word, but it, it sort of, it, you can pray in your mind while you're praying in the Holy Spirit. You are not possessed. You have the choice to, I, I've never prayed in tongues, Tim, but because I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to like move, pop it. It's not what you do. It's not what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't, he doesn't use you like a puppet to speak. You, you just, you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. You obey him. And while you're praying in tongues, you pray with your mind. And I find a lot of times that praying in my mind agrees with what I'm praying in the Spirit when I look at it after. I see things. And the Holy Spirit prays in ways. If you look at 1 Corinthians, running out of time here. 1 Corinthians 14. Verses 2 to 4. The one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. The one who prophesies builds up the church. The gift of the Spirit in you builds up the church. Praying in tongues builds up you. They both have a place. Okay. All right. Don't let your mind get in the way of praying in the Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you with your Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit. Cooperate with Him. And let your mind pray along in its own way, if that makes any sense at all. We're going to go into a time of worship here. I want to thank you for being patient. If I can just say anything to wrap this up with, it would be meet your weaknesses, your fears, your trembling with courage. Meet it with love. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit so I have power in my life to change the world around me, to bring the kingdom of God near to other people to prophesy over them. Release the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Father. Ask for the promise of the Holy Spirit and continually ask Him for help and God will be faithful. I've had, um, Melissa and I are going through a really interesting season right now as we go into another, um, a year of education, of counselor training. And I'm seeing God being more faithful now than I have uh, in many other instances as I rely on him and ask him every day for his help. And he responds. And I can look at the end of the day and I can see here's where God was. He's filled me. I've seen, I've seen dreams happen. I've seen interpretation of dreams happen. I've seen the Holy Spirit move. And it's only because I decided to follow him into what he was calling us to. So ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and say yes to what he says to do. We're going to go into a time of worship now. If you would like prayer at the end of the service, we'll be here to pray with you. If you would like prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we will pray with you. Okay. We're going to go into worship now. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. 
If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.